Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. People are now thinking, I was unhappy in my job and COVID has woken me up to maybe looking at new avenues, new opportunities, new areas, new skills or whatever. And so I see this mass resignation really becoming a huge thing in the next few months. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by Martin Buckland. We're going to talk about how you can uncover your niche. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of confident live video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. It's great to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about how to uncover your niche. It's time to bring in Martin. Martin Buckland is a leading global executive career management practitioner and expert in managing and advancing the careers of senior business leaders, EMBA graduates, and mining professionals. Welcome to the show, Martin. Great to see you. Thank you very much, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. Very great honour. Well, I'm so excited to have you here because we have been speaking to each other quite a lot recently, but I think it's only really been in the comments on the live. We've not actually spoken face to face since, am I right in saying 2019 or was it? No, you you mentioned earlier, it was Youpreneur. We met uh, a couple of times, didn't we? Janet Murray's event and Youpreneur. uh, Just remind me because my my memory's hazy. Twice in one year. Yeah, like 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so there was Janet Murray's event as where I first met you in London. That was a quite a, it's more of an intimate event in London. And that was fun. It was, uh, it was a really nice event. I was speaking on the topic of, of live video. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your, your kind of entry into the live video world. But tell us a little bit more about what you, you do. How did you get into what you're currently doing? Because I know you've not, always been doing that. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about that. No. So I have a very interesting career history. So I, by trade, I'm a police officer. And then in uh, 2000, uh, sorry, uh, 1992, I was uh, pensioned off on an ill health pension and had to look around for a new career. So I bought one of these, the 486 computer, $3,000 and 30 megabytes of hard drive. And the guy said to me as I was leaving the uh, the location where I bought it from, you'll never ever fill that 30 megabyte hard drive up. And it echoes with me to, to, to right through to today. Anyway, so uh, I didn't, it was DOS and I'm very technically challenged as you know. So that was a struggle. But anyway, I learned DOS and then I, a friend of mine asked me to type his resume and the rest is history. Uh, I didn't even know what a resume was. I learned about, about resumes and then I I've moved more into coaching. So I offer a complete suite of executive career management for global executives. Wow, that's, that's, that is an amazing change uh, of careers yourself, you know, going from being a police officer. Uh, and you were based presumably in the UK at the time, and then you moved over to Canada, is that right? Yeah, that- yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I've been a police officer on two different continents. And okay. uh, I Really, you know, I, I do miss it, but um, I think I'm better 
as an entrepreneur and managing my own business rather than managing other people's lives, etc. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for many people who've maybe been had a different career, it might be in the corporate world, it might be something very different. I mean, I trained as a singer, I was a professional singer, and I had to make the difficult decision earlier this year to kind of stop my final uh, my final teaching job in, in the music world because my business has grown. And do you think that is a potential problem? You know, we, we put, we have our identity or we, we put a lot of... Um, how do I explain, how do I express this? You know, it was part of your identity tied up with being a police officer and how did you kind of move away from that um, into what you're currently doing? Was that was that a, a bit of a struggle at the time? Well, actually, you know, it was quite seamless. I was virtually forced into it. So I, I didn't really look around for a corporate job. Buying this computer really set my mind that uh, I, and just by luck, one guy said to me, uh, you know, can you type a resume for me? Can you create a resume for me? I didn't even know what a resume looked like. Didn't even know the word because it seemed. And so um, I looked it up. There was the the internet was very fragile then, very basic. And uh, went down the local bookstore. There were no books. There's lots of books now on CVs, resume writing. And uh, did the best I could. And then he got a job. He got an interview because a resume doesn't get you the job. It gets you the interview. And then um, and then he referred me to others. And it just snowballed from there. And I like being an entrepreneur. I like being in charge of my own uh, own career and my own life. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about it. Yes, there are dangers, but there's that control, there's that flexibility. I, I think the word I would use, freedom, there's freedom to do what we exactly. kind of want to do. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, resume, CV, curriculum vitae. It sounds very posh, that, doesn't it? Is that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but they're basically the same thing, aren't they? They're the same. Thing. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 Well, when I first started writing resume CVs, each country had a particular format, mm. a particular content. Now it's global, and right now, as of today, I was just counting this morning. I got clients in twenty nine different countries. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that that is. That's amazing. why I'm. That's why I'm in my office at 3 a.m. Eastern, and I sometimes work all the way through to 8 p.m. because you have to cater to the clients. Yeah, so you you don't do what you do to have like a, a, a nice, relaxing, quiet day with a long lie in the morning. <laughs> no, that's exactly. Not, that's not what you do. I'd love to know a little bit more about your speaking, and, yeah. and then I want you to tell us what it was like back in 2019 with the whole live video thing. Because I know that you, you saw live video out there. You knew it was important, but there was a problem. So t just take us that on that journey uh, from in-person events where you spoke at to the to live video. Yeah, I was very lucky. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my niche. So I uncovered my niche and marketed the heck out of it and then got speaking gigs. And I traveled the world on average in 2019, 2018. I was traveling once every month around the world. So I was hopping on a plane and uh, traveling and speaking and, uh, you know, speaking one day in London, speaking the next day in Toronto and speaking two days later in Hong Kong. And I love public speaking. I, I call it sharing the gospel, the career management gospel, according to Martin Buckland. And then I realized when I met you at um, Janet Murray's convention in London, uh, I guess it was June 2019, that's the reason why I attended. Uh, it was a very enticing program, and I needed to get into the online. 
and but I had this phobia um, about the camera, one lens. I was shaking. I was scared. I, I didn't know how to do it. I can speak. I've spoken. The largest audience I've spoken to is 300, 3000 people. And you concentrate on one person. But I could not get that in my mind. I'm very technically challenged as well. And I found it really difficult to latch on to the uh, the live being broadcast around the world live it's a very strange thing speaking in front of an audience we were talking about this just before we we started recording that you you can see their facial expressions you can tell whether they're bored and hopefully they're not bored hopefully they're excited and they're, they're really listening yeah. to you and you can feel the energy of the room and yeah i think it's dangerous to do this but but it's but we all probably do it we bounce off the energy in the room and we harness that when we're speaking and when you're exactly. in front of the camera you you can't see anyone you know there's this and i can see we've got people watching but i and, and i can see katie katie has commented but i don't know who else is watching there might be somebody scary there might be somebody judging me in in the corner somewhere <laughs> and there's all those kind of like yeah. irrational thoughts that go around in our heads and there's this camera which is this inanimate object uh and it is it does something weird in our brains what what was happening in your brain can you looking back on it now knowing what you you know now and 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 obviously being very confident now with live video what do you think was going on in your head well there was the deathly hush there was no movement before me and uh people put their hands up maybe ask questions because i'm really interactive presenter but there was nobody to interact with and uh Firstly, I was watching that little top right hand, or top left hand corner, you know, how many people were watching? Well, now I don't care. I, uh, if it's zero, it's zero. If it's 20, it's 20. If it's 100, it's 100. I, I, I know that pe there are people, but they're the hidden element. They are behind the shield of the technology. And um, that took me a long time to change from the in-person to the technology. I think that's really important. I love what you said there about not caring about that number. That's so important for many reasons. Uh, and actually, Katie Simpson, we, we had on the show, we were talking about uh, boosting your engagement. You can't force people to comment. And, you know, eventually people will get, you know, will be part of the community. But of course, the other thing is that people will watch the replay. So you might have zero people watching, but you might have people in the future watching. Uh, and of course, there's the whole repurposing side of things. So how did you overcome? How did you break down those barriers? Was there like a, a 10 or 15 step process to get through? I, I know there wasn't, but I'm just kind of like, what, yeah. what, what did well, you do? You're being very humble. You were the one who got me into this. You were the one who converted me from the big audience to the technology audience, the one camera audience, because at Janet Murray's, I put my hand up. I was very sheepish. I said I wanted to do this. And you noticed, I think we were sitting at the same table. And after one of the presentations, we went aside and we did a, a sort of a mock run. And I think we went outside and we did, or in the corridor or whatever. And then we, you said, we're going live right now. And like, this was it. I was live on Facebook at that particular time, just Facebook. And that's what really, 
I don't know, it broke a barrier, a massive mental and emotional barrier on uh, getting uh, getting in front of the, of the camera. And uh, I remember I left that convention and uh, I went away in London, I was presenting, but I also went away and I did some Facebook Lives. I stood on Tower Bridge and talked about uh, bridging your career because uh, I like to do something wherever I am in the world and put it to something to do with the my clients' careers. And that's why I have a huge YouTube channel. And um, I was I, I was like on fire. I, 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 yeah, I could have filmed for hours. <laughs> I remember that. It was just so exciting to see you going live w without any of these barriers. And I think what, what I saw in you, I, I just saw, wow, like Martin is this like, amazing speaker he's so passionate about what he does and he goes all around the world and he needs to he needs to embrace lives let's so let's just do it now and i think you know I, I this is what happened to me when i first went live i think we have this irrational thought in our brains i've had psychologists on the show before and they talk about uh Let's not, well, I'm not going to get all technical, but they talk about you know, the prefrontal cortex and all these kind of things. But basically, there's a part of the brain that when it sees something new and scary, it basically sends a signal to say, you're going to die, Martin. You're going to die. You're gonna, there's a tiger coming towards you. Uh, and then when we actually went live, you then realized, or your brain realized, no, you're not going to die. This is actually quite fun and exciting. And that kind of... Yeah. I think that's maybe what kind of happened. Uh, yeah, and you have to put aside all those ums and ahs and and, yeah. and, the, and the halts in your speaking. Um, you, I mean, I just go on now. I can, I can just go on after. I could go on after this and uh, without any preparation because you have to be a subject matter expert or an expert, very confident in what you speak about because otherwise you will do ah, um, ah, blah, 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 and people will notice that. So I stick to my forum where my area of expertise and, and I – quite eloquently, quite confidently, and I always now uh, on on both in person and on my lives get outstanding appraisals because I like to share my knowledge because what I do is a very, very important part of people's lives. They spend a lot of hours on their career. And sadly, sadly, so many people there's a statistic, statistic here in Canada, 66%, so two thirds of the population don't are unhappy in their careers. How sad is that? That's incredibly sad. So, and, you know, the, the world obviously needs you, people need you to, um, to, to find clarity in terms of the kind of career that they should be looking at. Uh, and <laughs> my goodness, I, I, I the, there's, a lot of career people um, who shouldn't really be doing what they're doing, because I certainly remember when I was at school, the career <laughs> advice was absolutely atrocious. But we're not going to get into that. Before no. <laughs> we get into before we get into uh, a little bit more about what you're doing and and how and how important our niche is or finding our niche, how important is live video to you now? And tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing, because. To begin with, you just went live lots and lots of times, and perhaps there wasn't so much of a, a strategy. It was it was just, you know, you were just excited yeah. about doing it. But now, they're very much, from what I see uh, you're doing, there is very much a strategy. You've got regular shows, and I believe you've got a podcast too. So tell us a bit more about what you're currently doing with, with live and, and your content. 
Yeah, so I uh, I went. Uh, well, I, I did a, I did a joke. Uh, I got. Um, I, we have a lot of snow here. Like um, we were probably preparing for where I live. I get more snow in forty five minutes uh, in where I live than I did living in England in thirty two years in total. So I like to go outside in the winter, and I like to do a Facebook live, and I have a different. Um, bobble hat or beanie hat or what or toque or whatever you want to call it and uh people like that i talk about something and i'm almost knee deep in snow and i i really like that but i've now branched out into a weekly show and i just did my uh, completed my 64th tuesday at two so tuesday at 2 p.m eastern 7 p.m. for you, and uh, I speak on a different topic each week, and I encourage comments, provoke comments, because I'm very, I'd like to be very engaging, and it just doesn't have to be the comments on the topic of that week. It could be anything to do with career management. So now I'm branching out. I want to do another one, a second one live a week. So twice monthly, I'm going to do um, career coaches rant because I get very, very upset about how people manage their careers. And I've written 20, a minimum of 20 scripts on a rant. I get really uh, uptight and I get really passionate about helping people because they need to avoid these mistakes because it can cost them a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of frustration, a lot of emotion. Um, and then, so that's gonna go twice a month on Saturdays. And then the other two Saturdays, I'm going to uh, specialize in my other areas of expertise, which uh, one which is mining. So I'm regarded as a, a global expert in mining. Um, so because the backbone of our economy here in Canada is mining. Then um, and then the other one is going to be my EMBA, so that's where I specialize in as well. Wow, that's it's it's really interesting to to see here all your different areas of expertise, and that's maybe one thing we can talk about with your uh, finding your niche. How did you discover your niche? We we talked about I, I love your your story about getting your was it a four eighty six computer and. Playing with DOS, I mean that's that that is pretty hardcore. <laughs> this is like we're not talking yeah, we're talking yeah, Windows yeah. three point one or ninety five. This is like predates all of that, and yeah, that I remember playing around with that, and that's scary. So you 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 had that, you were looking at um, going into resumes and stuff, but you've got quite a diverse um, you know interests. And how did you how did you kind of discover your niche and how did you uh focus more on uh establishing those in in currently currently what you're doing well i i think you should all anybody in your career you 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 have a niche i have a niche so and everybody all the listeners should have a niche and the more the more narrow you that you narrow that down the more successful you're going to be so i teach my clients how to find their niche and how to market themselves within that niche. There's no, no point in marketing yourself like this. You need to be like a bullseye. So um, I started off just purely for the first 12, 13 years writing resumes, no coaching and or CVs. And then I branched out more into coaching and I specialized at that particular uh, level, uh, the uh, the vice president level, the C level, the seat of the chief suite, uh, and then the director level, and those who aspire to be business leaders. That's still one of my niches. There are career coaches and resume writers who specialize in students. There's one who specializes in the equine industry, and there's all, there's all sorts of niches out there. But um, 
Then in 2007, I was offered by one of my local universities, business schools, Ivy Business School in London, Ontario. And uh, they asked me to uh, present before them and they asked me to write resumes, CVs for all their graduates of their EMBA program, um, provide coaching and cover letters. And I uncovered this niche that it was an unserviced niche. Universities tend to service more the MBAs, the Master of Business Administration, rather than the Executive Master of Business Administration. Two different demographics. And uh, so these are business leaders. They're already on the way, a lot of them to the C-suite, which I specialize in. So I did a lot of research and I started marketing myself to business schools and then using LinkedIn marketing myself to EMBAs, telling them I was a specialist in, I have confidence in telling the world I am a global expert in EMBAs. I've just finished my 2,102nd, working with my 2,102nd EMBA graduate. So I, uh, I marketed myself and it just expanded from there. Word gets around and then I was invited to speak and uh, that that really cemented my expertise within this environment. They're great people. They've got the ambition. They go into this program. Some of the top programs I work with, you know, it's cost them to go through that program. It's two hundred thousand USD. So it's not a cheap thing to go right. through. So I I say I can get you, you know, the ROI back on that two two hundred thousand within about between 31 and 36 to 38, 40 months, um, because uh, they can get promotions, they can get increased salary, and that really appeals to people. That sounds amazing. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. I would love to know from you how you would teach people, how you teach people to find their niche. Because I speak to a lot of people, and I'm included in this, that I and many other people kind of fall into their niche. And it and it took me a long, long time. And I, and I kind of wish I could go back and tell old Ian or young Ian, <laughs> like... <laughs> what what you know what what I should be focusing on far earlier on and there were lots of barriers that I hit along the way sometimes it might be imposter syndrome and I actually needed a lot of other people out there to come and tell me what my niche was or should I say confirm what I already knew so tell us a little bit more about how you would uh, coach people on how to find their niche and how important is it to get help when it comes to this 
Well, sadly, people don't want to make an investment in their career. Um, they, they totally ignore it. When you think about the number of hours, it's basically a third of your life you spend in your career. Plus, if you're unhappy, you take that unhappiness to home to your spouse and to your kids and everybody else around you. So um, uh, I, 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 I match it to, well, you make an investment, you go to see your financial planner once a year and you make investments in various um, mediums of uh, investment opportunities. Why not make an investment in your career and then you can give that person, that financial planner, some more money to uh, to give to, to, to retire earlier or to have a better investment when you do retire. So I, I really say you need to narrow it down. What is your skill set? What is your attributes? What are you passionate about? You don't want to do something you're not passionate about. And what is the culture you're looking for in, in the corporate arena today? Corporate culture is very, very important. When recruiters, executive recruiters who I work with, I'm a great relationship builder, um, or looking for jobs. Sometimes they have a list of specifications, maybe 12 or 15 long. They're willing to forgive one or two of those if you fit into the culture, because that's very, very important. I mean, we can say prior to COVID, what did you talk about around the water cooler? You know, well, I mean, that water cooler is probably not in use too much now, yeah. but um, it, hopefully it will come back. I'm seeing it come back. I'm seeing in-person interviews come back rather than Zoom interviews. Um, so, yeah, uh, you have to be passionate about and everybody has their skill set. Everybody. And if you don't have that skill set today, you can go to any university. One thing that's co the advantage of COVID is that universities have taken all their programs online. So you don't have to live in the UK. You can go to University of Oxford, Cambridge, or wherever else, um, a Blunder Business School, um, and live in anywhere else in the world. And, and you can get that on your, on your resume. There's a whole wealth of skill sets you can learn from leading universities for very reasonable prices. And we should always be learning. I'm always learning. I'm always taking certifications. I learn every day. And every one of your viewers should learn from today, from tomorrow, from the next day onwards. It's, that's very, very important. It absolutely is. And I think if you're, if you've stopped learning, then it's probably time to look at changing what you're doing maybe you need to find a new niche or or maybe you need to reignite that passion that you've kind of lost i see this happen a lot that people call themselves an expert and then they almost think they know everything about it and they just sit back and they they think they've it's all their learning's finished and that's i think that's that's awful uh what would you say to people who are who have lost their their passion and their excitement uh, how, what what should they do? Should they look at changing what they're doing? Is it okay? So tweaking, changing, or uh, reigniting? I suppose it depends on the situation. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's an interesting question. So we we I've I worked through three recessions. This last recession, I call it the COVID recession, which is a bit different from previous recessions. Um, and now there is a lot of 
chatter on the, in the press and politics and all sorts of things about the mass resignation. And I'm actually starting to see that now. People are now thinking, you know, I was unhappy in my job and COVID has wo woken me up to maybe looking at new avenues, new opportunities, new areas, new skills or whatever. And so there, I, I, I see this, um, this mass resignation really becoming a huge thing in the next few months uh, because people don't want to go back in the office. And so, you know, there's going to be all sorts of legal uh, problems in any country. Well, we want you back in the office. Well, I don't want to come back in the office uh, and, and all sorts of different things. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, but they, there will be a job for everyone. I mean, you, we're seeing it globally. There is a talent shortage. You, you've got a talent shortage of drivers in the UK right now, HGV drivers. We got talent shortage of IT here in Canada and uh, mining. Mining is an area I specialize in. They can't get enough people in mining. So people are transitioning from oil and gas to mining. That's really fascinating. Well, there you go. If, uh, if, if you're looking for a new job, maybe mining is the place to be. Uh, and uh, so I, and there's, um, I think it's really interesting to, sometimes there will be careers out there that you will not have thought of. And this is why you need somebody to help you. You know, this is, I mean, presumably this is part of what you help uh, your clients with is to kind of think outside the box as well. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about uh, if uh, a client is working with you and how, how you tend to work with them to uh, expand their horizons. Well, I'm very tough on my clients. I want them to learn. So it's not a typical coaching environment. I push them. I push their barriers because they're paying me big money, but they also need to learn. And what they learn with me is then they can share in the big wide world and they have a, they uncover their niche in that particular area, whatever that is. And there is a job for everybody, everybody out there. You're right. There are lots of jobs that, people don't know about, don't think about. I mean, some of the jobs, that, uh, the, the, the titles of the jobs in mining, like a volcanologist, like, yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job. Um, so, uh, you know, would you like to become a volcanologist? Well, I can help you. I can, you know, but you have to have that, you have to have that skill set and you have to have the educational background and whatever. But uh, yeah, people, I, I, being in business now close to 30 years, has given me a wealth of knowledge. I've touched base with so many people across the world and I network, I'm a fierce, fierce networker. When I go to, uh, to uh, when I go on traveling, I make a point of meeting 15 new people every city I visit. That is so important, meeting new people. And I think it's gonna be a tricky one for, for many of us coming out of this, we're kind of in this post well, not quite post-COVID world, but we're <laughs> we're getting back. It we're slowly getting back to some kind of vague normal, and I think a lot of people are maybe going to find it difficult with the confidence in going to these in-person events, and maybe they're so used to being on their own and being like a hermit that it's going to be a bit frightening speaking to all these new people. But it's absolutely vital. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit more about confidence, and this show is all about confidence. And 
a lot of, so kind of a, a large proportion of my clients, my audience have struggled with confidence in some sort. You, in a sense, had, whether it was a, a, a lack of confidence, it was more to do with this barrier when it came to life. But some of my clients have struggled with things like imposter syndrome or lack of self-belief, or there's something, there's something that's stopping them in fulfilling their potentials. Maybe they think they don't have what it takes. I've had that. I've re- needed other people to come and look at me and say, Ian, what are you doing? You are amazing at this. You need to embrace this. And then I start to look at this and I think, oh yeah, I, I actually am quite good at that. Uh, yeah, how, important, how important is confidence when it comes to finding a new career and our finding our niche? And how do you help people with that? I, I assume you're going to be, again, quite... Um, you know, quite fierce with them and and uh, and quite strong with them. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, well, I my my confidence came from when I was a police officer. I went to Hendon Police College, which is no longer sadly in the Metropolitan Police in London. And then you know we go through the court presentations, and they teach you how to present in court. And of course, at my first, and they have mock courts. And, um, you know, somebody's the judge and somebody's the court clerk and whatever. And uh, I went, it was my turn to go in the dock to, to give evidence there. And of course they teach you not to put your, your notes on the edge. Well, what did I do? I put the notes on the edge. And of course you get a little bit nervous and you knock the notes all over the place. And um, yeah, then, so that taught me well, I need to keep an eye on my surroundings, my confidence. And then, of course, I presented at the Old Bailey for an IRA trial and things like that. So I gained my confidence in the court environment where you are under very, very close, very close scrutiny. And then, uh, of course, my now my speaking, uh, I, I, I got that. I don't know. I just had that public speaking ability bar getting in front of one camera up till a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I teach my clients, everybody has confidence, even introverts have confidence. They have to bite their tongue. They have to understand who they are, the value. Everybody has value. And that's what I teach my clients. They tend to under undervalue, everybody undervalues, undersells themselves that you need to get into the sales mode. Doesn't matter whether you're in finance, supply chain, or any other function. Everybody in their career is a salesperson. They need to get in the mode of selling. Now, a lot of people have difficulty. Ironically, the world's worst CV resume writers are salespeople, marketing people, and uh, HR, you would think they'd be the, the the best, but they are actually the worst. I can count on one hand the number of good sales CVs, resumes I've seen. But um, yeah, so get into the sales mode. Understand your value. What is your personal brand? What is so special about you? Everyone watching this live and watching the replay has a value. Everybody is special. Everybody can be competitive. That is amazing. Really, really important to say because everyone does have a value. It's working out what that is. And you need to do some very kind of like deep work. It's, sometimes it can be painful, 
but you need to do it. You need to probably, in most cases, get some help, get other people to help you find out what those, tease those bits out of you. I'm interested. You said like marketers, uh, amongst other pe salespeople, are not very good at, I mean, this is a generalization. I'm sure there are some very good uh, ma marketers who are very good at it. But why do you think marketers in particular aren't that great at uh, uh, resumes? I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's innate. It's like, it's really strange, but uh, they, 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 they can market anything, any product, any service. But when it comes to marketing themselves, they go into a shell, they go into the, the closet and uh, find difficulty in, in marketing and telling the wide world their value and who exactly who they are. And um, yeah. marketers yeah. are in hot demand, sales are in hot demand right now. No, that's it is fascinating because I I I'm a, I think I'm a very good salesperson. I I used to work in a music shop when I was a student, and I sold digital pianos, and I was the the best salesman. I'm very good at selling other people's stuff, but when it comes, well, this used to be the case because I've, I've obviously had to do a lot of work on myself. But it was uh, I really struggled in selling my own stuff because it was it was me, and I wonder whether you know you've lived in the UK and you've lived. You're, you currently live in, in, in North America. What element, how much does culture come into this? You know, Americans are, are considered very, very uh, good at um, uh, selling themselves. <laughs> and Brits tend to not like to blow their own trumpets. That, 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 that yeah. That's the kind of the, the, that's what people think. But I mean, how much truth yeah. is, is there in that? Oh, there's, there's a lot of truth. So culturally, yeah, across the world, um, we are different in the way we value ourselves. So uh, here in Canada, you know, we are next to the US who have always been very confident in selling themselves. And then the Canadians, even though we are more a conservative nation, sort of more almost like British, um, we've got into the sales mode. I've noticed the transition in the last uh, 20, 28 years since I've been doing this. And I'm now noticing it occurring in the, in the, uh, across Europe now. So it started off in uh, UK and Ireland. And now, you know, the continent of Europe, they, have, they were having difficulty in selling themselves. And uh, it's spreading across. The, the countries that have really have difficulty in selling themselves are the Southeast Asian countries. They're very humble. They don't want to tell the world that they really have assets and attributes and a value and really are highly employable. But I'm even noticing that. I've watched in the last close to 30 years a huge cultural shift of the way people embrace a cultural change in the selling aspect of their value. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I definitely see that. I see there's a there's a change in the UK. Uh, and, you know, I think if you're going to be successful, you have to embrace that. If you want to change people's lives, if you want to have an impact on people's lives, there's no point just hiding, uh, hiding, you know, behind the, the you know, underneath the camera. It, you have to express what it is that you do. And so how you can change people's lives. It's so ab absolutely important. So yeah. we're almost out of time, but uh, just before we finish, I would like you to like to ch chat to you about how you're currently using live video, social media marketing, maybe even traditional marketing to get more business and to market your business. And I'd love to know, like, 
Okay, live video is great. Live video is great. It's it's a great way to have, build community and to get exposure and all that kind of stuff. But from a business point of view, does it actually help? I mean, how is it helping your business? And uh, what are you doing to uh, to to make that more uh, successful for you? Well, I like to share my my knowledge, and uh, so Tuesdays at two is a venue for me to share my knowledge, and actually. Every week, every week, I get two new clients just from Tuesdays at two. So, you know, it, it is a valuable platform. And then combine that with my future, um, you know, my future uh, lives on Saturday mornings. Plus, then I'm going to, in the new year, I'm going to be having two podcasts, niche podcasts, one Captain Career talking about the overall career management and the other one, specifically the EMBA journey, where I will be interviewing uh, EMBAs, admission uh, managers from various business schools. And then combine that with my, I'm going to say, ferocious um, activity on LinkedIn. You have to find your platform on, 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 on social media. LinkedIn is obviously my platform. I specialize at the senior executive. So where's my audience? They're on LinkedIn. So I call myself a self-proclaimed LinkedIn junkie. I am always, always on LinkedIn. I live on LinkedIn. In fact, you can get me easier on LinkedIn than you can ever any other platform, including email. So, and I know LinkedIn inside out, back to front, upside down, and I teach my clients how to use LinkedIn. Because if you are a business person, a professional who wants to go somewhere, and also you want to attract um, influencers, career influencers to you, the first thing they're gonna do is go on LinkedIn. If they got your CV or your resume, the first thing they do is go on LinkedIn uh, and vice versa. They are hunting right as we speak for talent on LinkedIn right now. So there you go. Get on LinkedIn right now and sort out your profile and be active. But in a, in a obviously, you've got to think about strategy. We've talked with, I've had Le, Louise Brogan on the show uh, before right. talking about a strategy when it comes to LinkedIn. So you can go yeah. back to that episode. Uh, I'd, when it comes to your your shows, because you broadcast to, to LinkedIn Live, and what I'm interested in, how do you go about getting uh, new clients from that? It, you know, how how does that come about? Do people th those those people that uh, contact you, how do they contact you as a result? Is there something that you're? Is there a call to action that you you uh, you you have on your show? I mean, how 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 should we be? thinking about that when it comes to uh, the structure and the content of our shows? Well, I offer a free resume critique. I'm more than happy to give anybody, any viewer, a, a free, no obligation, 30-minute CV resume critique. And I say it as it is because you can't beat around the bush with this. It's only one, one chance to make that first impression. Plus, it's all scannable today. Technology has taken its toll and been processing. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I have a call to action. I offer a free resume critique. I send them to my YouTube channel. And I'm more than happy to have a just a, a, a 10, 15 minute, of no obligation chat about their career future. And that often generates um, more business. So, so you have to, you have to like dangle the carrot. And and uh, then the, uh, people who don't give away free stuff um, tend not to advance their business. You have to be open to giving away some of your time for free. 
So true. So true. And a lot of people I speak to are nervous about giving away some of their secrets and their free stuff. But it's all about trust. It's all about trust. And, and the great thing about what you've just done there is that people meet you, you're giving value, they get to know you. And uh, how could they refuse? Exactly. Well, that's amazing, Martin. Thank you so much. Well, how can people find out more about you? Obviously, uh, LinkedIn is the place to go, I assume. you could, They can search for Martin Buckland on there. But how can people find out about your, your podcast, your live show? Uh, where's the best place to go? Yeah, well, please join me next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time and tell me in the comments that you uh, met me on this uh, with Ian uh, and then uh, can go to my website. I actually have four websites, but I'll keep it very brief. My main one is uh, www.aneliteresume.com. And then I have my email, martin at analyteresume.com. And uh, I'm also uh, pretty fierce on Facebook. So I'm fierce on Facebook as well. I, 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 and I like to uh, use a, a bit of a business and a bit personal. Yeah. No, I think that's important. It's, it's putting the personal side of things. And focusing on one network, your most important one is LinkedIn and building building that up. And then once you've done that, you can then, then think about other networks, which is kind of what you've done, which is amazing. Well, thank you, Martin. It's been great to have you on the show. Do check out Martin's websites. Do check out LinkedIn, uh, Martin's LinkedIn and check out his Tuesday at two uh, on there. Thank you, Martin. It's been great to have you on the show. And thank you for watching live, for watching the replay or for listening to the podcast, for plugging us into your ears. And if you haven't come across the podcast, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash podcast and you can find out more about that. Now, to let you know, next episode, so this is going to be Tuesday on the live show, if you're watching live or the replay, uh, or next Friday, if you're listening, I've got my good friend, Nachi Lazarus, on the show. We're going to be talking about how churches and faith-based organizations can live stream. And even if you're not involved uh, in, a, in a church or faith-based organization, you'll still learn loads from this uh, for other events that you might want to be uh, live streaming as well. So I'm excited about bringing Nachi on. He is an amazing marketer and uh, a good friend of mine. So I'm excited about that. But that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. toodaloo.